0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 702 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. On today's show, we're excited to talk to riders from the Adequan USDF Trainers Conference, Kristen Stein and Anna Merritt about their experience. After that, we've got an interesting tip from Dr. Carol Holland.
1: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida.
0: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show.
1: Well, hi, Phil. How are you?
0: Um, not great, but I, I mean, fine. It's just uh, the weather up north is um, oh. can't really make up its mind.
1: Oh, yes, yeah, we so all it's over the board.
0: Kind of rain, kind of freezing rain. Freezing rain is the worst because you, you worst. Kind of can't leave your house. But yeah um, yeah I, I mean that that's what it's that's what it is here today it's just a little, a little raining a little freezing rain oh i'm, I'm over sorry
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry you're not very grumpy tonight though so at least it's because it's, i don't think it's snowing so you're not super grumpy so that's good
0: <laughs> it's not super <laughs> cold that that's what that's when the real when i haven't seen the sun in a while and and it's like super cold that's
1: oh, we all that's know really how grumpy is.
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: we know how oh, gonna be villains.
0: we're getting through it well
1: yeah i mean it's it's i'm not gonna lie like it's it's been a little bit that way here um last weekend always and phil you know this like always for the trainers conference i swear there's there is a weather front that comes in always this weekend so it was very cold and windy on saturday very cold i'm not gonna lie at a few bronx in the barn. i was like well i'm not riding that one today oh <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it got very cold like I mean, we were in the low 30s, which does happen here, but not very often. And the nice thing about Florida, it doesn't last long, but it was quite windy. It was the wind that really whoo, was whipping. Um, so that was kind of cold. But of the,
0: Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I, I chose not to come down. I mean, you know, I have a business up here and I have to keep it going. But um, uh, normally I do go down to for the yeah, Trainers Conference because you. it's such a great experience. But um, you know, the last couple of times that uh, like, uh, you know, am I going to really, so flying right now is a, a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Um, yep. that's one of the reasons. And then, you know, unpredictable weather. I, you know, I like to visit Florida, but I want it to be yeah. sunny and hot and yeah. this is not guaranteed in,
1: nope. January, in January and February. So yeah, it's uh, not. And I think that's good for people to know. And if you do come down for horse sport. Uh, check the weather. I mean, it can be Friday Night Lights. It was it was great. I went to Friday Night Lights um and got to see Adrian Lyle. She had just won um, you know, the USCF Equestrian of the Year, and she won with over 80% in the freestyle, which was lovely. Sarah Tubman. Uh she also had a great ride, Anna Merritt also had a great, it was just a really fun time, but it was very cold. I am not going to lie. Like it, it the wind was whipping and it was cold, but that was Friday night. And then on Saturday, I actually was able to go talk to the USDF graduate young rider program. The future is bright. Like there were 16 participants in this program. And again, you apply for that program and they were phenomenal. The questions they had, they were just really engaged. I think also I, I, cause I teach college. And literally half the class is asleep half the time. So, <laughs> to have people that were really interested, and and um, it was wonderful. So I kind of talked about being a, an equestrian professional and about the instructor certification program. You and I are both huge proponents of those programs, also for you in Canada. So that was great. And then uh, yeah, I spoke to them for oh my goodness, a good couple hours. And then um, Monday was the trainers conference. So it was really fun. We've been really busy, but I love it. And the trainers conference this year was really, really quite good. A lot of judges, uh, David Hunt, Hank Van Bergen, Lila For and Linda Zhang were all the panelists. And so it was really interesting to hear sort of training and also judging tips and the things that they really find incredibly important so i thought that that was really really interesting so it was a really good conference i think overall i was only able to go one day because um but overall it was phenomenal and it was a great program it was so nice to see everyone in person again it was you know it's been three years uh so that was great there were over 300 participants uh which was so fun and just it was it was a great it was a great feeling great energy great questions And then, uh, and I talk about it a little bit in one of the interviews, but on uh, Monday night, we went downtown. They always have a a downtown with the speakers and um, like a little lecture. And one of the things that I loved was for the first half, each of them talked about their career in horses, all of them were riding instructors and judges and had gone around the world with horses. And it was really fascinating. It was just fun to sit back and kind of listen to their story. So that was really interesting. You have very, very different backgrounds of, you know, Linda and uh, is American. Lilo came to America. She was a writer in Germany and she talked about that and Hank Van Bergen. Uh, he was really cool. Cause he talked about how his family was not a horsey and, uh, they were farmers and how he kind of just said, I'm gonna, gonna do this, uh, which was really cool. And same with David hunt. Uh, so it was just a really cool experience. So I was glad to have it great energy. And, uh, if you're ever able to come to the trainers conference, the trainers conference is always great, but it's really the people that you are around and talk with. And, you know, obviously I met all new people and I love that. So it was, it was really fun. So we're going to have, I, I think we have two of the riders from the conference and uh, they both did an amazing job. And we're going to have a commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products and get into the interview with Kristen Stein.
2: No words can describe the depth of the bond between a horse and his person. A kiss at the gate just before you turn him out. The soft touch of his muzzle on your hand as he scoops up the treat out of your palm. The warmth of his body under your legs as you saunter bareback across the pasture. The beat of his hooves as you gallop in perfect rhythm cross-country. The sensation of flying as you clear the oxer. The sense of peace that comes over you as you walk together down the quiet trail. The sound of him contently eating his dinner. The feel of his warm, soft coat under your hand the feeling you get when it's just you and your horse. It's why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Equijoule. Fight back against an energy crisis that can impact condition and performance. Equijewel is a high fat, low starch and sugar formula that was developed to safely meet the energy needs of your horse. The horse that matters to you, matters to us.
1: Well, this week, it was a real honor for me to go to the Ataquan USDF Trainers Conference, and it was with David Hunt, Hank Van Bergen, Linda Zhang, and Lilo Four. and I was so lucky to see FEI rider and trainer, Kristen Stein, who's based here in Wellington, ride a wonderful horse. So, Kristen, we wanted to welcome you to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, Kristen and I have been friends a long time, so I cannot believe I haven't had you on the show before. but. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself and then also about the wonderful horse you're riding now. Okay.
3: Um, My name is Kristen Stein. I relocated from Cleveland, Akron, Ohio area um, the end of last season. I've been coming down to Wellington for, I think, seven seasons now, maybe eight. And I finally just decided to relocate my entire business down here to Florida, which of course was very scary. (laughs) <laughs> trying to see if I could survive down here, but it's been so eye-opening and I feel like I should have done it many, many years ago as my riding has just gotten so much better when you immerse yourself with great trainers every single day. So yeah, so I rode in the trainer's conference with a client horse. His name is Elbrasco L and he is a 2009 KWPN gelding. Um, he actually did three years of the Young Riders for the Belgium team with a young girl. She brought him along, did the juniors with him, and then did the Young Riders in Belgium. And he was sold to the state three years ago. My client, who, you know, periodically would be my client, but not all the time, um, good good friend of mine, Sally Alksmith. She had purchased him sight unseen during the whole COVID pandemic, um, out of California. And, you know, we had been here, I think for a month and a half and she just fell in love with him on the videos. So got him here. Unfortunately, he was a lot bigger than she was imagining because he's just a big boy. Um, he's over 17, but he's just very beefed up. Um, so she had him for two and a half years. Worked a little bit with Betsy Steiner and then with um, John Amber. And the problem was a lot of times when she would take him home to Michigan, she was on her own. And, you know, she's in her 70s, early 70s. So that was just a little tough with her being by herself um, in Michigan without, uh, you know, a trainer all the time. And Brasco very quickly started taking advantage of that. Not anything bad, but just not standing at the mounting block, stupid things like that. So she had actually contacted me in July to um, put him on the market for her. Not because she didn't love him, she just didn't think she was the right rider for him. So he made the journey back from Michigan in July to me, down here in Wellington. And within a few weeks, I started to make a video and It was just unbelievable. Like me and this horse just clicked and we actually used a drone to make the video. We landed the drone right in front of him. He didn't spook. We had dogs playing fetch in front of him. And what I found out is as long as he's really in a program, he's like a completely different horse. So he really needed to be in a structured program. Well, Grace graces, he and I fell in love and Sally agreed to let me keep him for a while. Um, and campaign him and hopefully do the CDIs this winter on him. So it's been very exciting starting to get to know him and figure everything out. I've been so grateful that my coach, Betsy Rebarcel, helps me every single morning with him. And I also periodically get to work with Sabine shook when she's here Popping back and forth. Unfortunately, she's not here this winter for the whole season, but she's come back a few times for some clinics, which has been, you know, having her get on and work on his Canner Zigzags, which I think was a big relief since I had to do Canner Zigzags in the trainers' conference on the second day. And it was nice to have an Olympian. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
3: attempt so the <laughs> Grand Prix zigzag on him where I had never tried it before. And of course, Hank says to me, Let's do cancer zigzag from the Grand Prix, but don't worry if your count's not perfect. And I yeah. thought, Oh boy. <laughs>
1: oh, no, I'm glad I worked on this. So, Kristen, tell us a little bit about the trainers' conference, who you worked with, um, and just kind of your whole experience with that. Yeah. And it was really cool because I've always attended, but I've
3: never ridden in it. And it was just kind of, you know, last minute thing. I thought, you know, what the heck, let's just give it a try. So I actually sent in an application for Brasco. And I also sent an application for my seven-year-old while coming eighth this year, Corumba. And I think they picked the, the better of the two horses, not because Carumba is wonderful, but I think Brasco is just much more fur- further along. So You can work on some things that wasn't just your typical basic stuff um, and trying to refine the movement. So I want to say both days I rode with Hank both days. And it was really nice because all four of them absolutely loved Brasco. I want to say especially Linda Zhang because she actually asked me if he was for sale. (laughs) I'm like, no, no, you can't have him. Um, (laughs) Just so nice to be able to work with Hank and really work on the basics of every movement and trying to refine everything. So it could be an 8.5 or a nine and not just an eight, you know, and what I really liked is they really were about the basics on every single movement, breaking it down, making sure you finish the half passes, not just kind of going half pass change, but really setting it up to a half pass shoulder forward change so that was really nice because I feel that sometimes, you know, we get to like, oh, I want to make this better and this better, but we kind of forget about the training aspect of it, like break everything down a little slower just to try to make sure that the horse is constantly in balance. And I thought that that was a huge thing. in this um, symposium this time was really about the balance of the horses. I felt like even... I would say David also had talked about with some of the younger ones, like the seven year old that was there, you know really just trying to keep every horse in a better balance, so we as a rider are a little bit more accountable so that we stop the mistakes from happening before they even happen.
0: well, I think that's that's really i mean it it's it, easier said than done, considering you know in in grand prix half pass you're you're going this way then that way then you know exactly. and changing and, and, and whatever but um maybe you can give us a little bit of a strategy for how you can uh you know really ride slower but but not stopping the horse from moving or, or not you know you know not losing activity and energy
3: well i guess my first would advice would be to make sure that you have an olympic rider like sabine introduce this <laughs> your horse first. Start start there, right? That always helps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Start there. It really helps. I will 100% vouch for that. Um, (laughs) I guess it was just trying to be more methodical in your thought process. You know, I, I feel like a lot of times we get into riding and we're so riding in the moment versus making sure we as riders are a little bit more accountable to Okay, I need to ride this step by step by step, take my time, really be able to, I mean, take my time in a quick moment, but not ride in the gray area so much, really make it black and white. I know I need this flexion. I know I need this bend. I've got to have the suppleness at the base of the neck, not allowing there to be a moment. You know, Brasco is a big horse, and, you know, they did very well in Belgium with him, but he was only in the high. Mid to high 60s. And I rode this horse going, this is a 70s horse. I couldn't believe in all the shows that they competed him in Aachen and everything. He never was above 65, 66, 67. Well, I think they rode him with a very tight lower neck and he kind of went into autopilot on all his half passes. So we've been trying to take some of that away from him. And I thought that they really helped us at the the convention where it was, okay, you're going to really think about the suppleness and the setup prior to the change and really make sure that you're able to ride all aspects of the horse. And can you move a shoulder slightly? Can you move his neck half an inch to the right or half an inch to the left without disrupting the rest of his body? And I really just felt like that was such a huge part of being able to break everything down. And then once you could break it down as a rider, you could speed it up a little bit faster for the zigzags. We're not riding just, I guess, so much in the gray area.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. Was there any other takeaway or kind of things you could give to to our audience a little bit about the trainers conference in general? I guess there was a
3: lot of theory and they were trying to make people
1: understand
3: a little bit like there's a lot of questions on, okay, how do you ride the right half halt? And, you know, and I think a lot of it gets lost in words sometimes because some of that's very hard until some of these people are able to really feel the half halt. Um, The other thing that I thought was really important was I know when I started to school the canner pirouette, um, before I did the canner pirouette, I started out as the exercise that my trainer always makes me do, which is on a square, just the quarter, be able to spoke out of it. You can always go out of the pirouette onto a straight line and then a quarter and then a straight line. And it was interesting that Hank had told me that that's an exercise that he doesn't see done much anymore. And I guess I'm very blessed that I've had someone that says, rather than school the pirouette over and over and over again, try to break each piece down to make the whole stride of the canter and each stride of the canter pirouette more rideable. Um, so I, I really, again, think it was trying to make sure that everyone's really paying attention to those small little details.
1: Yeah. I think you're right. I think there was a lot of that. And I thought that was great, you know, and I think that was something we all need to hear. And uh, overall, I agree. I thought the conference was great. It was a lot of theory and a lot of discussion. And that's what I think that conference is for. It really is for FEI riders and trainers. And uh, I loved it. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can our listeners find you online if they have some more questions?
3: Yes, for anyone that wants to get back in touch with me, Um, They can email me at stein, S-T-E-I-N, equine, E-Q-U-I-N-E, at yahoo.com, or I am able to be found on Facebook under stein, or equine is my business page, or Kristen Stein is the personal page, but I do mix it in with my business, so both are accessible, I do also have Instagram, but I will admit I'm not the best on Instagram, so it's probably better to reach me on email or on Facebook. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. You're very welcome.
2: This is Sophia
4: Gena. I'm Casey Wilbanks-Coletti.
3: And I'm Mike Donnell. We're here to tell you about
4: OESA, the Western and English Sales Association, and its podcast, Wisdom by Oesa. Wesa produces the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives in the equestrian industry. On our show, we talk to people who tell the stories of some of the best known Western and Equestrian brands. Visit
1: wisdombywesa.com and tune in today. As a listener of the show, you might have heard us talk about Ride IQ. Ride IQ is a new concept for Equestrian and it presents a really cool opportunity, the opportunity for you to take a lesson with a top coach anytime you'd like. Here's how it works. Ride IQ is a mobile app for iPhone and Android with hundreds of on-demand listen-while-you-ride audio lessons taught by top coaches across dressage, eventing, even the natural horsemanship and sports psychology. In fact, I'm one of the coaches you can take lessons with with Ride IQ if you're not already tired of my voice. Whether you're looking to add structure to your rides, try new exercises, or build confidence, Ride IQ can help. With Ride IQ, you won't be waiting for your in person lessons to make progress. You can make exceptionally productive rides on training days as well. Every membership automatically includes a two week free trial. After that, membership is just $29.99 per month. Because you're a Dressage Radio Show listener, you'll get $15 off your first payment after the free trial. Just go to RideIQ.com to sign up and use the code DRS to get your discount. That's RideIQ.com and promo code DRS to start having the most productive schooling rides you've ever had. Well, tonight we are really excited to have Anna Merritt from Ocala, Florida. She's an FEI rider and trainer and was a participant in the trainers conference. And I got to watch her ride and it was so fun. And she's also a listener to the show. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, we are thrilled. Well, Anna, tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll move into how the conference went.
4: Yeah. So I'm a dressage trainer here in Ocala. I have my USDF run silver and gold medal, and I have approximately 15 horses in training and just get to spend all day doing what I
1: love. Girl, that's a busy day.
4: Yeah, it, it's a lot. I'm trying to cut down on numbers, but I've been saying that for a long time now and it just
1: doesn't happen. Yeah, I know. I love it. And so you're based in Ocala, but you said you were, you're were you from Michigan originally? Yeah, yeah. So I'm from the
4: Kalamazoo area, but I moved down to Florida about nine years ago to take a working student position with Erin Brinkman. Um, she's in North Florida. And then I started, Spent, I was with her for about three years. And then I spent a few months over in Germany training with barbell Eppinger. And then when I came back, I made the move to Ocala to give it a go on my own and
1: have it looked back since. Oh girl, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Well, tell us about the horse you rode in the symposium because he was cool.
4: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love him so much. So <laughs> his name is Fox creek sensational he's a nine-year-old german riding pony stallion bred by diana rona Um, and it's really funny actually i met his owner in the public parking lot that's our local grocery store (laughs) we just started talking and it just so happens that she breeds these really cool ponies Um, so i've been riding for her for the past few years now Um, And we're working, we're actually doing our first developing Grand Prix this
1: weekend. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. And you never know. That's so funny because you never know who you meet and when you meet them. So for the young professionals out there, uh, that's actually one of the things I always say, you never know who you're going to meet, where you're going to meet them. So tell us, tell us a little bit about him and some of the challenges because him being a pony, I thought that was what was really cool about the conference and watching him go.
4: Yeah, so it's kind of a typical pony thing, like being out behind like he is and and a little bit weaker in the hind end um, and also being a stallion on top of that as well. So I really appreciated all the work that David Hunt had us doing, like dealing into the pirouettes and the Piaf work as well. I think especially like my favorite takeaway from my lessons with David were with the pirouettes. Like he totally reframed The way that i think about them you know i've i've always been taught like putting so much emphasis on the preparation into the pirouette you know just like make the canter small make the canter small and then you turn around but david made such a great point like you kill the canter by you know over collecting them essentially and then they they don't have the impulsion to carry themselves through in the pirouette so i really I loved the exercises that he had me do. I've been, since I've come home from the conference, I've been doing that with my other horses as well. So totally reframe the way I think about pirouettes.
0: So maybe you can uh, explain for our listeners a little bit how you were doing the exercises or, or what what the lines of travel were.
4: Yeah, so David just started off like watching me school, the pirouettes how I normally do, and it was not going great. So he, he just explained that to me, like, just do a small six to eight meter circle. Like, don't even think about the pirouette, just get the canner, get it in front of your leg. And then once we had that, then I would come around again, add a little bit of haunches in, and then gradually build more towards the pirouette so I can get him more through over the back in the collection and, and thinking just more out in front of me so I have the control because he's so, so quick. To suck back behind my leg and get stuck in the pirouettes, and being a pony too, like it's so easy for him to suck his little neck away, like he's just gone from me in a second, so that really that that gave me the opportunity to school the pirouettes without actually doing a pirouette,
1: yeah. I thought that that was such a good reminder for everybody. Was it's a canter pirouette, right? Don't right. lose the canter. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you know, <it> made <laughs> yeah, sense. You yeah. were like, oh yeah. How many of us have done that? Everybody in this audience, right? Like, it was so right. good to hear that. What were some other things that you took away? Because that what w- was really interesting about the symposium was there were all types of FEI horses from your, your, your stallion, who's a pony all the way, you know, to an international Grand Prix horse who's won some starts. So there was a really cool range and, and, and that brought quite a bit of discussion, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: definitely. Um. So we also brought kind of similar work into the half set because he, he kind of has sensei has the same technique in the half steps is in the pirouettes, like not wanting to carry the weight behind. He doesn't really want to flex in his croup. So like getting him traveling more, but also respecting the half halt and just being pickier on him really, because he, you know, David like made such a great point that I'm, I'm just letting, I'm riding the movement and not riding the horse. Like I'm not really having feeling. And I felt like, you know, riding in front of hundreds of people too, under pressure like that, I wasn't really riding with feeling, you know, I was riding kind of nervously. And so I would just like, all of a sudden, like put my aids on and like ask for movement without really feeling my way through it. And like focusing on keeping the control over the horse too, you know, and not letting him take over which was obviously relating into the the pf work as well. And um, so I really liked the how detail oriented he was with that and how picky he was on that as well cuz I don't think I'm picky enough. I realized that I'm not picky enough on that schooling at home as well.
0: Was it similar the two days or you know how how was that broken up?
4: Yeah, the second day we we built on the first day, we did the same exercises. We actually didn't complete our full session on the second day, though, because he felt unsound to me, which it actually turned out we got him new bell boots for the conference and they were rubbing his pass I didn't realize that at the time. Otherwise, I obviously would have had somebody pull the bell boots off, but yeah, so that was making him sore. So we, had, I think we only did like 20 minutes or so. So we didn't really get to do as much as I wanted to. But I I felt like he wasn't completely regular.
1: So I didn't want to continue with him. Sure. Well, yeah, and I, mean, I think that's, actually that's, that's a good point, sorry. right? Like, yeah. try not to uh, change any equipment <laughs> in anything <laughs> like that, you know? Yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, people I know, do a more show do. too. Yeah, <laughs> people do it at a horse show too. I mean, and it, yeah. it's just a good reminder because we have all done it. We've all like, I want to wear my pretty new bell boots, you know, or mm-hmm. I worn new pants and at one of something like that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this was the worst idea ever. So I've done it to myself yeah. too. But you're always like, oh, I'll wear pretty new stuff, and you're like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah, I
4: thought boots <laughs> were hard enough. I've been kicking myself ever since, though. But we still got like a decent chunk of work done. And I Good. feel like I still gained a lot from both days. I love it. And did did
1: you go to the event uh, downtown? No, to the I dressage didn't for kids. That. It was the dressage for kids. They had the four presenters, and it was a really interesting discussion because it was literally all four of those um, judges and ra- riders and trainers. I mean, they've all done it all, and it was them really talking about you know how they came up through the ranks and, and their history. And it was fascinating. It was so cool to listen to dressage for kids kind of sponsored it. And it was just a a wonderful evening. And, but, and they also reiterated how important the basics were and how important a riding position was. And just some of those things that I think get lost. Um, and it Mm -hmm. was, it was a really cool, cool evening, but, um, anything else that you took even from watching from the conference for kind of a final thought? I didn't actually get to
4: watch very many rides um, because yeah. I had to, you know, take him back in between, and we were stabling in Wellington, like thirty minutes away. But there was another rider where I felt like his lesson was similar to mine. Like they they worked on similar concepts, like in the pirouettes, and I loved how he had him do the canter pirouette on the rail. And then the first time he tried that full pirouette, like, you know, he obviously crashed into the rail and then David was like, well, I didn't tell you to do that. You know, you chose to do that. You know, think about how you're riding it. And I've, I've also done that with some of my horses now, like doing the pirouette from the rail and it's, it's like oddly helpful. I don't know. It's just totally changing the way that I'm riding the pirouette because you're really thinking about getting them out because you have to get them out in order to get away from the rail so you're not crashing them into the wall. So and I, I love that.
1: And his other point too was is basically it's it's a circle. It's a right, small right. circle. And mm-hmm. and so you know when you think about it on the rail, it was initially super confused. I mean, I was also confused. I was sitting in the audience like, what? And then yeah. but his whole point was to keep the canter that it's a canter pirouette and then it was mm-hmm. it's essentially a small circle. So that was kind of right. cool, and then so when he had you do it on the wall, you know, obviously a circle point has a start point and an ending point, so you wouldn't mm-hmm. crash into the wall. But it was a little confusing uh, initially, and I think the rider, I felt, I felt for the rider because I was like, uh, I am uh, also confused. But once he, once yeah, you got the yeah. whole gist, it made it made more sense. So totally. it was it was cool. It was a it was a really it was a really interesting. Uh, discussion. So I love it. Well, Anna, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, How can our listeners find you online? Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is Anna
4: T. Merritt, and that's M-E-R-R-I-T-T. And I'm also on Facebook, just my name, Anna Merritt.
1: Well, thank you so much, Anna, for coming on. It was great to have you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Well, for this week's trainer tip of the week, we have Dr. Carol Holland on, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the rungs of success. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Holland.
5: Thank you so much. So um, during uh, working one day, I started thinking about all of the things that I was at a horse show and I was like, what are the wonderful things that everybody does for their horses? So it kind of reminded me of like what I would call the ladder of success. And then what is your goal? What is your goal? Is your goal to get the blue ribbon, to get, to just enjoy your life or to enjoy your horse's life? And so um, what I started looking at is what all the trainers do. So my tip for this would be the bottom of the ladder, which is the foundation, like imagine a Christmas tree and how wide the bottom of the Christmas tree is. And that is the owner that pays the bills. And then on top of that, you have, if the owner's not the rider, you have the rider on top of that. So you pick out all of the things that you have to do for your horse to get to that blue ribbon or to the gold medal or whichever thing is your success that you've divined. So at the bottom of the ladder is the owner or the trainer. Then you have your rider. Then you have your horse's food. And then you have the proper tack. And so you have to go through. And at each time, the the steps on the ladder may be different sizes depending on the week. So As you get up the ladder, you find the therapy ladder. And what's on that therapy ladder? Is it going to be you doing um, your own blankets or you doing PEMS? Is that therapy ladder going to be a big ladder this week? Is your food ladder going to be a big ladder this week because you have to add in new food? Um, Are you buying a new saddle? And then once you get your new saddle, then your tack, the rung on your tack ladder is a little bit smaller. So so what I tell everybody is each step on the ladder gets you to the, to the top of the ladder or the gold or the star like a Christmas tree. And you just look at that Christmas tree and then you decide on which part of that ladder you are during the day, during the week, or during the month. And you plan your success based on that. And each one of those steps has its own rungs too, like. The rider may may have to do different training with different different instructors. The therapy ladder may be the owner, maybe the veterinarian, maybe a massage therapist. The food ladder may be what supplements you're going to be. The tack ladder may be, okay, I'm going to use a different bridle this week to see what it is. So um, I suggest to everybody that I work with now, I make them draw a ladder and we put the top, what they want to get to, their goal, and then they fill in the blanks as they go up. So I thought that was a pretty fun thing to do.
1: I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to do that after, after we get off. I'm like, that is a great idea. (laughs) And I think we've been working together enough and, and you know, we've had challenges with, you've been working with several of my horses for many years now. And and we've had Mm -hmm. struggles over the years and, you know, you, I think we, we did okay where we were gone and, and they, and, and you had asked me like, what are some things that you added in? And for example, I bought a MagnaWave machine. So they get that, they get the PMF a lot. We were able to get, um, the nutrition and people, we, we talked to, uh, Karen Isberg, KPP, she's worked really hard with me on, on their nutrition. And, and we, we talked about that and how, you know, each of these rungs. I had a really good assistant who was very, very good at all those things and managing. Who was really took care of things for us, so that the horses really did look great. Um, and and I just thought that was a great concept. And um, some of it is just planning it out with your team, and and the other thing is having a great vet and a farrier, and um, it, you know, acupuncture, chiropractic, you know, being able to sort of have that ladder in uh, and, and your team. And, and I'm very blessed. I, I'm able to kind of keep the same team. I, I don't see you only in the winter, but um, I see you sometimes at competitions in the summer, but, you know, having mm-hmm. a team that, that you have, that you can work up that ladder, I think is really, really important. And I just, I love that. And and now, you know, even if you aren't here in, in Florida right now, this is a great time to step back and, and make that ladder, and see where are some things that you can you can fit in and, and you can make some adjustments. And that may be buying some ice boots or I mean it doesn't have to be a exactly. huge change.
5: Exactly. But every rung helps. Yeah. Yeah. Every rung helps. And I suggest everybody take a piece of white paper or a whiteboard and draw a tree or draw a ladder and the and the foundation is the bottom and then you just fill it in as you go, what what'll get you there. And sometimes it's in hindsight, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's things you can plan also. Yeah. I love it. Well,
1: Dr. Holland, how can we find you online? This is such a great idea.
5: Thanks. You can um, email me anytime at my website, which is naturalvetpb, the initials for Palm Beach, uh, naturalvetpb.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much as always.
1: Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. Keep them coming. And Phil, we have some exciting news, don't we? Drum roll, (laughs) please.
0: Yeah, we've... um picked out picked out our next book do you want to uh introduce yes! it yeah no? okay all right
1: Go ahead. so drumroll ch- 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 from trafalgar square which is also horseandriderbooks.com, arena tracks by christian bayer and it's a new book and christian is an equine rehabilitation specialist graduate of swedish and german school of course design So this is really cool. It's got fun exercises in it. I just leafed through it quickly when we chose it. And I've already dog-eared some pages of like, okay, I have some young horses. I want to work on this. So I think this will be great. Also, if you're in an arena right now and it's cold, like Phil, and you need some things, this could be some really good inspiration. So uh, Phil and I were really excited to announce this book for everybody. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, DressageRadio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is MapleCrestFarmKY.com, and my email is Reese at Network.com.
0: I think you can find me best through Facebook, or my email is Philip at I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Ride IQ. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you soon.